To live our lives without learning how to love God or others is to miss the very reason for living. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and this is part two of Charles Stanley's message about learning how to love others who have hurt you. Here's the message. Love our enemies. Secondly, he said, do good to those who hate you. Now, hatred is a maliciousness. That is, it is a deep, overwhelming sense of desire within a human heart to do the other person in hatred, the Bible puts in the same category with murder. In the book of 1 John, he says, if you hate your brother, the Bible says what? He says, you're guilty of murder. And notice what he said. He said, not only love your enemies, but do good to those who hate you. You know what that says to us? That the proper response to those who would wrong us or harm us or hurt us is that we are to take the initiative to do something good in their behalf. Now, they may have wronged you, hurt you deeply. You may have a great pile of evidence for just walking off. But you see, I have no right to be passive toward my enemies, toward those who hurt me. He says I'm to love them. That's aggressively. He says I am to do good to them. And the third thing he says is to bless those who curse you. Now, you know what the word blessing here means? It means I'm to say something good about those who said something evil or wrong about me. He says bless those who curse you. So he says, not only are we to love our enemies, not only are we to do good to them, we are to bless them. And then he says, we are to pray for those who mistreat us. Now, you see, I do pray for my enemies, but what do you pray? God, take care of them. <laughs> now, all of us may feel that way at some times. We want to move from the New Testament back to the Old Testament because you know what David prayed about his enemies? I mean, sometimes David says, God, just wipe them out, cut them down, slice them up, put them in the meat ground and get rid of them, God. And he was praying that with all the sincerity of his heart. You and I come to the New Testament, what does Jesus say? Not wipe them out, not destroy them. What? Love them. Do good to them. Bless them. And here he is saying that you and I are to pray for them. Now, I'll tell you about praying for your enemies. Two or three things. Number one, listen. If you start praying for your enemies, here's what you're going to find out. You're going to find out the true condition of your heart. Because as you begin to pray for your enemy, you know what one of the first things God's going to do in response to your prayer for your enemy? He's going to surface the attitudes or the things in your heart that are not right. You start praying for your enemies. He begins to surface things in your heart. He begins to show you maybe attitudes that are not right. The second thing you're going to discover as you pray for your enemies is this. Either you're going to have to change your attitude toward them or you're going to stop praying for them. You won't pray long for those who hurt you and wrong you, for those who harm you and say all kind of malicious things about you. You won't pray for them long unless your attitude about them goes from anger to love. And the third thing I want you to remember is this, that the most powerful weapon you have in your armory as a child of God is prayer. And here's one thing you can begin to pray for your enemies that I believe that God will eventually answer. Not, Lord, defeat my enemies, destroy them, but Lord, would you position the person who's hurting me in such a fashion that, I, that they will have a need for me and I will have the opportunity of expressing genuine Christ-like love in their behalf. Now listen, 
I know what's happened in my own life at times when I've had folks mistreat me. And maybe sometime my first response was to defend myself or, or to pray one of David's prayers. God, would you just take care of that? But after I get over that, I've seen over and over and over again as I begin to pray for God to place a need in that person's life and give me the privilege of meeting the need. Now, if my motivation is to get the best of them, God's not going to answer that. But if my motivation is I want to be redemptive, and Lord, if you put them in a position of need and then show me the need and give me the privilege of stepping and meeting the need, it is amazing what happens to the other person. Because you see, your prayer becomes redemptive. When you start interceding for those who hurt you and wrong you, I want to tell you, my friend, if your prayer is godly and your motivation is pure and your motivation is not that they'll stop hurting you and not that they'll stop gossiping against you and not that they'll stop being malicious, but your prayer is redemptive. God, I want to see you do something in that person's life. God is going to work some fascinating things in the life of that other person. And you see, what you will have done, you will to some degree have become, listen now carefully, the savior of the other person's life. I didn't say save their soul. But some people in their hatred and bitterness and animosity, they will absolutely destroy themselves if someone doesn't step in and redirect their thinking and their thought patterns and their actions and their attitude. And so you see what happens is God will use your intercessory prayer for those who may despise you and hate you and abuse you God will use your prayer to be so redemptive, you will literally, by your prayers, save that person from wrecking and ruining and ultimately destroying their life. He says we're to pray for our enemies. Well, listen to what he says. Not only he says are we to pray for them, but he says, notice, whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. And whoever takes away your coat, not withhold your shirt from him either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it. And just as you want people to treat you, treat them in the same fashion. Now, I want to take verse 29 and 30, uh, 30 together here. What he's saying is this. We are not to defend ourselves. That doesn't mean that we just stand there and get beat up. We let somebody come in our house and just back a truck up, truck up and empty it while you and your family stand there and watch them steal you. Sightful, not blind, just steal from you. That's not what he's talking about. He's simply saying, listen, when you're wronged, don't defend yourself. Then how am I to respond? Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3 for a moment. Look at a couple of verses here. And let's begin with verse 8 and read verse 8 and verse 9. He says, to sum up, let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil, or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, not returning evil for evil. Doesn't mean understand that and get beat up. I'm just not to return evil for evil. And that's what he's saying here when he says, whoever hits you, turn the other cheek. Jesus stood and as the soldier hit him, the Bible doesn't say that Jesus turned the other cheek and said, hit me on this side. Rather, he said to that soldier, he said, why did you hit me? Did I answer improperly? Look in John chapter 18. Let's, let's read that verse together because somebody may say, well, now, wait a minute now. We're talking, about, we're talking about turning the other cheek. Chapter 18. And Jesus here is being questioned by the high priest and so forth. And so in verse 21, why do you question me? Question those who have heard what I spoke to them. Behold, these know what I said. Verse 22. 
And when he had said this, one of the officers standing by gave Jesus a blow saying, is that the way you answer the high priest? Now, Jesus' response was, if I've spoken wrongly, bear witness of the wrong. But if rightly, why do you strike me? He wasn't defending himself. He was saying, why do you do that? So when he says this, we're not to stand and allow ourselves to be beaten up. On the other hand, he says, don't defend yourself. You may have to walk off. You may have, have to listen to a lot of abuse. You don't have to abuse back. You don't have to retaliate. You don't have to try to get vengeance. We don't have to try to defend ourselves. And what he's saying here is when you and I are wronged, whether verbally or otherwise, he says, don't engage in the same kind of response to the other person. That was Dr. Charles Stanley. And you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Charles Stanley, How to Love Those Who Hurt You. You can find out more information about him at his website, intouch.org. That is all I have for you today. Hope you have a great day. And I'll see you again.